You're listening to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. If you're looking for some encouragement, words of hope, and maybe a laugh or two, that's exactly what Richard wants to share with you today. We know life can get pretty busy and complicated, so we're truly grateful you've chosen to take a break and listen to the program. Now, if you're not able to hang out with us for the entire program, you can always pick it back up at our website, richardellistalks.com. In fact, you can find all of Richard's talks right there waiting just for you, richardellistalks.com. So, with today's talk, here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Much Appreciated. Appreciate. Let me read you some of this definition. To be grateful or thankful for, to value or regard highly, place a high esteem on, to raise in value or to increase in value. So you can appreciate something, raise it in value yourself, or something can just appreciate, it can increase in value. And then another definition I found was recognize with gratitude. Every once in a while I find myself sending a text or maybe an email, I don't send many emails, but a text, and I will say to somebody, thank you for whatever it was, and then I tend to add this phrase, I really appreciate it. You say, but you already said thank you. Sometimes you can say thank you, and it really doesn't convey what it is you're trying to say. You say, well, thank you. And then you say, it's much appreciated, or it's really appreciated, like I really am grateful for what you've done. So where is the appreciation problem in your life? It may be that you don't feel appreciated. People know what you do. They don't say anything. Maybe they don't know what you do, and that's even more frustrating, that why doesn't someone notice? Why doesn't God even send someone to say something to me? Maybe you're frustrated because you see other people who are underappreciated, and maybe you're the one that's not appreciating them. A friend told me years ago, the worst form of criticism is a compliment withheld. To have it in your power to say thank you to someone, or I really appreciate what you did. And maybe the appreciation problem is with God himself. And either you don't think he appreciates you enough or me enough, or I don't appreciate him enough. In other words, not just say, oh, thank you, God, for the food, whatever, but really stop and take it a step beyond just a thank you and say, it's much appreciated. There is much to be appreciated. And you tell him that you're thankful and why you're thankful and that you value the way he takes care of you and what he provides for you. We are so desperate for someone to tell me, thank you, and not just thank you, but tell me how great I am. Tell me what a difference I'm making. We all want that. Now, if we want these things, has it ever crossed your mind that maybe we're made in the image of God, and God may actually appreciate some appreciation too? Because who's outdone God? And he's the one that usually gets left out. We throw him a thank you every once in a while, but when do we have the appreciation ceremony for God? That's what this is supposed to be. We get together, and it's him that we appreciate. It's him that we thank. It's him that we honor. It's him that we adore. It's him that we cry out worthy, because he is the one that we should appreciate the most. Now, when you get that figured out, the healthier you get between you and God the healthier you're going to be personally, and the healthier you are personally, the better place you're going to be to dish out what you're so desperately trying to get. 
Because most of the world goes looking for this stuff outside somewhere, not God, somewhere else. Someone tell me I have value. Someone appreciate me. Someone thank me. Someone acknowledge me. And it's never enough. Never enough. But if you ever get it from God, it's enough. And that doesn't mean someone else can't say something that doesn't help you. And it's nice to be appreciated. But if you find out how much God appreciates you and you begin to appreciate him and thank him and praise him and it starts circulating, then you become a dispenser of these things. You don't hesitate because you don't think of it as not being fair. You want everyone to experience what you've experienced from God himself. Go to 2 Samuel chapter 22. 2 Samuel 22. And we're going to jump down. Let's see where we're going to start. Let's just do verse 1. And by the way, before I'm going to read you 2 Samuel, I'm going to read you some Psalms. If you say, I don't know what to say to God, then say the scriptures to God. I've said this before. You don't know what to get your wife or your husband a card. That's why so many cards are sold because people don't know what to say. But they find it and go, that's what I mean. The stuff is in here. Until you figure out how to express it, express it with scripture. Listen to this. Then David spoke to the Lord the words of this song. On the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, so it says a song. And this is what he came up with to express. And this is what God, because it is scripture, this is what God gave him to, now think about this. This is the song, because it is in scripture, we know it is a song that God gave David for David to thank God. You say, well, how egotistical can you get? Hey, I wrote a song for you to sing about me. How much sense does that make? Hey, here's a way for you to tell me how great I am and how much you love me. Sing this to me. Who would do that? You can only do that if you deserve it. And he's worthy of it. And he's trying to help us get a handle, a grasp on how great he is. And songwriters have been trying to do this for thousands of years. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my strength in whom I will trust my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior, you save me from violence. I will call upon the Lord and look at this, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The waves of death surrounded me. The floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple and my cry entered his ears. Appreciation, a part of it, is giving value to something. It means someone has worth. They are worthy of what you're giving them. He is worthy of our praise. So give him that. He is worthy to be thanked, to be acknowledged. So giving that, go to Psalm 116, verse 1. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications, because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. The pains of death surrounded me, and the pangs of Sheol laid hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. You say, well, God's done nothing for me. That is not true. People think God only does stuff to me. He doesn't do stuff for me. If you'll let him, he'll do stuff through you. 
one of the toughest things I have in explaining to people that come see me, we sit down and talk, is that you are going to suffer. There's an attempt on the world's part, even the Christian world, to say, I thought if I became a Christian, it was going to be all great, all good, all, it's going to all go my way. It's just not true. You're going to suffer in this world. You will have tribulation. It's a fact. So you say, okay, that's part of the experience. So God, help me be patient through that and learn through that and see what it is you're trying to bring from that and who you're trying to develop me into so that I can be who you want me to be and do what you want me to do. So you have to be patient through that process. You say, well, I cry out to God and he doesn't do what I want him to do. You have to cry out to God and say, God, as bad as I want you to do this thing that I'm saying, this is what I want you to do. I want you to do what you want to do more than I want you to do what I want you to do. Because I want your will to be done, your kingdom come. I want you. I don't want any more of me. Me does not work when it's not about you. So more of you. And then trouble comes. It's coming anyway. And somehow he uses that trouble and that anvil of suffering to turn us into the people that he intends. Now this is one of my favorite. Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. And these are the words of King Lemuel's mother, okay? Written by a woman, the mother of King Lemuel. The words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. What, my son, and what son of my womb, and what son of my vows, do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor the prince's intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law, and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing, and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and remember his misery no more. Open your mouth for the speechless, in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. And then go straight into this. Who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies? I found that woman and she's sitting right over there, right there. You say, well, you're just supposed to say that. You meet her, you talk to her, you hang out with her. I found that woman. You say, well, how could she be all that? Come stay at my house for a while. I mean, I hit the jackpot. Now, you say, well, why would you say this and do this? Because she needs appreciation. And I have an opportunity to do it publicly and acknowledge who she is and what an extraordinary woman she is. And I know we got some other extraordinary women in the room, but I'm only married to one of you. (laughs) Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. If that is true, and since that is true, then tell her it is much appreciated. It's much appreciated. There's so much stuff she does, I don't even have an idea. I could not possibly keep up with what she does and who she is. You ask my girls. She's an extraordinary woman. Now, women need to hear that stuff, right? Goes on here to list all these things this extraordinary woman can do. And I'm telling you, Short of the real estate one, that's her. She's working on it, I'm sure, somewhere. I just don't know about it. So keep reading down here. Verse 24. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. 
She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. I happen to have all my girls here today, and I got some amazing girls. You say, what is this, some kind of family day for you? You say, well, you can't get up and talk about your family. Let me tell you something. I am trying to model something to you. I am trying to publicly do something and say something that you say, well, I don't even want to get up there. You don't have to. In your own house with your own kids. We need to start building people up and appreciating them for what they are, not punching them in the head all the time for what they're not. Enough already. That's all the world does. And that's why we're such beat down people half the time. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. The book says here, a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Then praise her. If she fears the Lord, praise her. That's what's supposed to be happening. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And I'll read these quick, and then we'll go to Ephesians 1. Okay, I'm just giving you examples of stuff that is in Scripture here, and that there is a place for this, even in the Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and does deliver us, and whom we trust that he will still deliver us, you also helping together in prayer for us, that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. So need had been supplied, and so he's acknowledging that God has used people to supply the need, this gift that's shown up in their lives. It is okay to acknowledge these things. You have to do it. You say, well, I was not raised in a house where this happened. Then figure it out. Get uncomfortable and start acknowledging people and thanking people and saying something. Just because you never heard it and you didn't feel appreciated by your parents or your husband or your wife doesn't mean you're incapable. You say, well, it just feels awkward. I feel it. It all wells up inside of me and I go to say it and I just can't get it out. Get it out. Because you're killing the other person who is desperate to hear what you are thinking. How many men do I get around and when their kids are not around, they go off saying all these amazing things about their children. But when their children are around, they say nothing. And so the kid never knows what their dad thinks because he can't say it to him. He doesn't know how. Learn how, try it. Say to your kids, look, this is really awkward. This never happened to me or very infrequently. I don't know how to do this, but you are an amazing young man. You're an amazing young woman. I am so proud of you. I appreciate who you are, what you do. It's like putting helium in a balloon. It just flies off the ground in that little kid. Give them a chance. Stop stuffing your feelings, even the ones you have towards other people. Let them know. Another one in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And just a little context here on this. Verse 6. 
But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. What is he talking about? While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. For while through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men and by their prayer for you who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So they had been used to supply physical need and he thanks them. He acknowledges that it is so important. This is not a simple thing. This is a simple thing, but it's left out totally sometimes. Now go to Ephesians chapter 1. Now, I'm going to hit a few words in Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm going to ask you, I've read this before, I know I'm trying to see if there is a way for you to personalize and internalize these words, what he's saying. Because if you don't know what God thinks about you and what God feels about you and how much he appreciates us or he wouldn't have come after us, it's not going to work. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has what? Blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Every spiritual blessing in Christ you have. He has to be on your side in order to bless you with something like that. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So you're blessed with every spiritual blessing. Now he says, you were chosen before the foundation of the world. You go, I don't think I'm valued. Why would he pick you before the world was even created if he didn't value you? What more does he have to say or do? Before the universe was created, he knew you would be alive. He knew you would be born. He knew you would live. And he says, I pick that guy. I pick that girl. I am going to live in and through them. I choose you. Believe that. Live that. You say, well, I'll get all cocky. No, you won't because you had nothing to do with it. It's him. Everybody's so stinking afraid you're going to get or somebody's going to get a big head. Just try to get a big head because the bigger your head gets, the bigger your head gets. He's the head. Chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be, look at these words, holy, without blame. He declares you these things, holy, without blame, before him in love, having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ. So now you've been adopted. You're not in foster care. You're adopted. You get to stay. He is your father. Nobody can reverse it. According to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted. You've been made accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. You've been redeemed by the blood of this lamb. And you keep reading down verse 11. In whom also we've obtained an inheritance. You know it's horrible, and this is a horrible thing to even say out loud probably. Let's say you got a rich relative, and if they die you get a bunch of money. It's hard not to wish they'd just go ahead and die. 
You know, especially if you're just barely hanging on, right? You think, well, that's terrible. Who would say that out loud? I don't have that problem because my relative already died and left me the inheritance. And who is my relative? It's Jesus. I don't have to wait for him to die. He died, executed the will, and I'm in it. You say, well, nobody told me I was in the will. Get in the will. (laughs) You say, well, when was the reading of the will? I'm reading it right now. This is the will. I'm telling you what's available to you. You say, well, Lord, I thank you for waking me up today. And then you go to the next thing. I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my kids. You say, well, everything's not okay with my wife and kids. You thank him anything. The book says in everything, give thanks. Because that's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So you thank him anyway. I'm sick. I thank you, Lord, that I'm sick. I ask you to heal me, but I pray you'll teach me something through whatever this is I'm going through. And use me, doctor's office, wherever it is. The same wave that can crush and kill you, you can ride to the beach. Thanksgiving gives you a board to ride. Before Richard comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, richardellistalks.com. You'll find today's talk right there in the talks page, along with all of Richard's messages. You can even forward them to a friend so they can hear them too. You'll also find the prayer wall to add your prayer requests, a link to connect with us, the contribute page for you to be able to give to this ministry, a radio station finder, all our social media links, and much more. So check it out, richardellistalks.com. And Richard's back now to wrap up today's talk. Go to Revelation 5 and I'll shut her down with this. Gosh, this is so cool stuff. The thing that is so, you need to read Revelation because it tells you what's coming and it's cataclysmic, it's catastrophic, it's disastrous, you know, and if we're here, it'll be intense. If we're not, you know, God help those people who are, but it's a glimpse into the future. And by the way, we have a future and we have hope in the future. And no matter how bad it gets, we make heaven if you know him. So you need to know him. So Revelation 5, let's jump in at verse 1. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it even. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. 
Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living priests said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. That's what's coming, but you don't have to wait for what's coming. You can do that now. You can find a quiet place somewhere. And say that, worthy is the Lamb. So God, who you are and what you do is much appreciated. Very much appreciated. And it's not that anything that he's done is going to increase in value. It's just that when we appreciate it, we are made aware of how valuable it is. My appreciation for his blood grows every day. But it's never been any more valuable now than it has been. It always has the same value. It's just beginning to understand and thanking him and letting him know how grateful we are for who he is and what he's done and how he's changed our lives. Thanks for tuning in today to Richard Ellis Talks. With the busy schedule everyone has these days, it means the world to us that you would take this time to listen. Let us know how it has touched your heart by calling us at 855-6-RICHARD. You can also connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. One last thing, Richard Ellis Talks is a daily program, but also has daily costs. And being a listener-supported program means we rely on the financial partnership of our listeners, which means you. Maybe you've given to this ministry before, or have waited for the right time. Well, we believe that these talks with Richard are making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. You can contribute by giving us a call at 855-6-RICHARD or at our website, richardellistalks.com. Thank you for your very generous gifts. It truly means so much to us. God bless and thanks for listening to Richard Ellis Talks. Richard Ellis Talks.